This is wild. That's so bizarre in a great way. And it's crazy to see people up there in the balcony. Um, you've been waiting for years for this. You're welcome. Uh, and yeah, grateful, just grateful to all of you who are here, grateful to those of you who are at home, grateful to those of you who are also in the plaza. I want to pray, uh, and I want to pray because I, I trust and I believe that this time where we engage God's word is an opportunity to be pointed to the shepherd who wants to teach and lead us, uh, that, that he is the one who wants to nourish, he is the one who wants to guide, and so I want us to come into a posture of dependence and openness, willing to learn, to hear, to listen, to be moved by his presence, um, so that we might be people who then follow fully and completely after Jesus. So let's, let's pray together for that. Lord God, you are... You are the one who is with us. You are the one who has shown us through your son Jesus what you are like. That you are a God who is kind, compassionate, faithful. You are near to us. You move toward us. That you engage us with, with life, with questions that challenge and so I pray that we would be people who are open to hearing from you, to learning from you, that that would be what moves us. In Jesus' name, amen. I love that, by the way. Uh, that is not something to be distracted by, but to be joyful about. So that is so good. And if you're not in this space, what I'm referring to are the kids being led and singing outside. Uh, so what are we here to We're celebrating God's faithfulness because this is Christ's church. This is Christ's body. And we're reminded that whatever we are, wherever we are, um, it follows from that fact, from that truth about what God has done in Jesus. We're celebrating that Christ is the cornerstone. That we are his bride. And that God is not done with what he has started. With you with me, with us as a church. Philippians 1.6, Paul says this, I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. This good work was happening all last year. Even before that, it's happening now and it will continue to happen. That's what we are celebrating, that God is a God at work. Always, no matter what. That is what we can trust in. That is who our God is. And so this, this time together, this transition is, is significant. Um, and in some ways it's symbolic. But it's also an opportunity. I was talking to somebody before the service and they said it's bizarre being in this space because what it does is it actually makes you kind of think about what just happened. Like what just happened with this last bit of time that was a long time. Because we were in it, we were living it. And in times like this, times of transition offer the opportunity to in a way just take stock of what is and what has taken place. And so while it's easy to say, okay, let's turn and move, but while that's an impulse and that's something that we're going to do already, let us also just look at the fact that God has been faithful to us, with us, all throughout this time. Because that is, that is our God, a faithful God who is not done, whose work continues and will continue. Amen to that. I mean, so we're going to be, amen. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is a new thing we're going to do. Who knows? <laughs> Get ready. Um, so we're going to continue talking about th 
this idea of belonging together, we're wanting to paint a picture really of what we sense God calling us into as a, as a body, as a community, really as a family of friends called together by Jesus. And we've been looking at Romans 12. And so you can open your Bibles to Romans 12. This is really great to say. If you don't have a Bible, you can, there's one in front of you. And you can um, turn to Romans chapter 12. I, I wasn't prepared, so I don't have the page number for you. That's on that. That's on you. So you'll, you'll have to figure that out. Um, so Romans 12 offers this vision of community that Paul really describes that's possible because of Jesus. What Jesus has done, what has been accomplished through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, offers new opportunity for the type of people we are able to be together. And so this is what we've been looking at over the last few weeks. We're going to continue pressing into some of it this morning and beyond. But Paul speaks of this in Romans 12 as a body where each part of the body is seen as valuable and is honored and seen as offering a, a really integral like, um, part of what is going on to the whole. That there is, there is everybody sort of working together, called together to be participating and contributing. And that everyone, everyone matters because they are part of the body. That is part of Paul's vision of the community. It's also a, a vision of, of people living out of humility that we are to show honor and affection to one another, not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. That we also have zeal. And that we live into spiritual friendship with one another, rejoicing in hope, being patient in suffering, persevering, being faithful in our prayer. It's also a community that forgives each other, doesn't seek vengeance. I mean, this is the, this is the picture that Paul is painting of the community that's possible for us. This is what we're called to live into into a community of people who are receiving, hearing God's word, who are also helping to lead our children in the singing of songs. A community of people who are, for whatever reason, able to receive and hear the word, where we maybe at home or outside. I mean, this is the body, this is the community, this is what God has made possible because of Jesus. This is our life together. Now, as we are in a time of, of, of transition or in some ways moving into new spaces and into new places, I want to paint a picture of, of the type of people I think God is wanting us to be. And here it is. People who desire to learn from Jesus how to live and love like Jesus with our life together formed around four core practices. So I'm going to repeat that again. That we are people who desire to learn from Jesus how to live and love like Jesus with our life together formed around four practices. So what am I speaking of here? I'm speaking of people who are committed to learning from Jesus. The word for this in the New Testament is the word disciple. That we are committed to being disciples of the living Jesus Christ. That our primary understanding of who we are is as a learner of Jesus, as a disciple of Jesus. That we take seriously with our whole lives his invitation and call in the Gospels of come and follow me. Jesus offers that invitation to all of us to come and follow me. Not come and follow Daniel. I mean, if you want, go for it. But come and follow Jesus. That is the call that Jesus presents to each and every one of us. That we are committed to learning from Jesus. 
Again, he is our teacher learning from Jesus what it looks like to live life in his kingdom. The kingdom that he has established and that he has begun now. That we learn from Jesus how to love God and neighbor. That we learn from Jesus how to embody the self-emptying and humble love of Christ that was displayed in his life all the way to the end, all the way to his death on the cross and beyond. So that we are committed to learning from Jesus how to live and love like Jesus, but that this happens together, in our life together, as people called together. And this is a commitment that we're making with one another. And that as we learn how to belong together, we encourage and we support one another in this learning from Jesus. That we are doing the work for one another of pointing again and again to who the shepherd is and who we're learning from. That that is our call together. And that we learn to love one another well. That in our belonging together, we learn to love each other well because it is by our love that the world will know that we are Christ's disciples. It says this in John 13, or Jesus says this in John 13, 31. When he had gone out, Jesus said, now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And so again, that we are becoming, or we become a people who desire to learn from Jesus, how to live and love like Jesus, with our life together, formed around four core practices. So I want to talk a little bit about those practices and we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about those practices. Because learning from Jesus requires doing things and requires an actual way of being and learning what that way of being is. And we do so by engaging in certain practices together. And certainly there are a whole host of practices. There are more than these four, but these are four that I think we can commit to together and begin to live into together and to have shape our imaginations and our desires. And so Alex, if you could throw up that slide, it'd be great. So here are the four practices that I'm suggesting we in our learning from Jesus, how to live and love like Jesus might be formed around. So welcoming, listening, following, and going. Not, I mean, that's part of it, but if we can go back to the other one, it'd be great. It's, yeah, National Day of Prayer, it counts, but I really wanna talk about this slide. So welcoming, listening, following, and going. And I believe those of you wherever you're at can see this. So these four practices are ways that we can be living into this picture that I think Paul presents of what it looks like to belong together, what it looks like to learn from Jesus. Welcoming, we make room for God and others because of God's abundant hospitality and gracious welcome of us. Listening, that we are attentive to God and others because as we listen to each other's lives, engage scripture, and pray together, we anticipate hearing the voice of the good shepherd. Following, we learn from Jesus because he shows us how to live life in his kingdom and invites us to exchange our burdens for his light and easy yoke. And then going, 
We bear witness to the loving faithfulness of Jesus and our love of neighbor because God has invited and empowered us by his spirit to participate in his ongoing activity in the world around us. So these are four practices that I would love for us to engage together, that these would actually shape everything we do, from children's ministry to our time together here, to youth ministry, to our small groups, that we are, these are beginning to shape our imaginations and our way of being together that might then help us be people who learn from Jesus how to live and love like Jesus. Again, going back to the words of Jesus, come, follow me. That as we practice these, we are becoming attentive to the fact that we are students of the good shepherd who wants to teach us. And this actually connected to Romans 12, if you want to look at with me verses 1 through 3. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. See, Paul calls Christians here to present their bodies as living sacrifice and to also be transformed by the renewing of their minds. So there's this sense of a bodily way of being connected to the way that we're thinking, to our imaginations, to our desires, that that this is a symbiotic relationship and there's interplay and they work together. So that means we need transformations of our imaginations, transformations of of what we want, of our vision of the good life, Jesus needs to transform that. And part of that transformation takes place as we begin to to live lives in acts of worship, as it says in Romans 12. We present our bodies as living sacrifices of opening them up to the work of Christ in the Spirit. And we do this by engaging in certain practices together. I love this quote from Annie Dillard. She says, how we spend our our days are, is, of course, how we spend our lives. It's easy to think that we, just, we, we have values, we want, we aspire to be certain things, but really, how we spend our days and our time is how we spend our lives. I can tell you all I want, that I am all for Jesus, and that I love God and I love neighbor wholeheartedly. But if you really want to know what I love, spend some time with me. Look at my bank statements. Listen to the things I talk about. Be inside my brain. It's a crazy place. But be in there and see what's taking place and what I'm thinking about. How we spend our days is how we spend our lives. And so these these lives that Jesus is calling us to live in reference to him are to be shaped and formed by him, that he would then begin the work of transformation. And that every place of our lives is always an opportunity for God to be at work. God is not simply at work in this space. He is, but it's not contained here. God is always at work in, in the very fabric of our minutes, of our hours, of our seconds, working and wanting to work, shaping and wanting to shape, forming and wanting to form. This is the work of God. This is the good work that he's up to and will continue to do until the day of Christ Jesus. How are we oriented to that work? How are we oriented to the work that that Christ is up to in our lives?
And so as I think about those, those practices, there's a vertical and there's a horizontal dimension to them. It both includes the way that we are engaging God and it includes the way that we are engaging one another. And I just want to lean very briefly into the first one of welcoming and to talk a little bit about that. Steve Porter's actually going to... Um, going to show us and tell us everything there is to know about welcoming next week. So I'll put that burden on him. But um, for this morning, I simply want to begin to describe it and then offer even some perhaps ways of thinking about our coming into here and moving from where we were into here. And those that includes those of you who are at home and everywhere as well. What does it look like to think about what is going on? So as we think about our coming together, this first practice of welcoming, what does it look like for us to be a community of people learning from Jesus how to live and love like Jesus in our welcome of one another and those who are not yet here? What does it look like to extend the hospitality of God to be a church that is so, so wildly invitational in our love for one another, that people want to participate and want to be present and want to engage in, to be welcoming? Are we open and willing even to see the ways that we are not all that welcoming? Because we have habits in our lives that we carry into this space even that, might even that might keep people away that we're not even aware of. What does it look like to be open to the work of God to reveal those to us so that we are a community who welcome those who are strangers, as it says in Romans 12. 12, rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer, contributes to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers. What does it look like to be a place of welcome where strangers can become friends? How might we live into God's hospitality? So here are a couple of observations about our welcome that I'd love to make that really connect to our time outside. Because our time outside was, I, don't, I would love to hear actually how you would categorize that time. Chaotic, like hard to hear, I don't really know what's going on. Um, kids running around, skateboards happening behind me. Uh, and, and so in some ways I can look and seem like, man, I'm so glad that that was then and this is now. But there's also another way to think about it which is somehow the freedom, the lightness, the opportunity that was afforded us outside that we might then bring into this space. What does that look like? How might we do that? One thing I loved in thinking about our outside and coming back into here is this. All of you, everybody who was here, was forced to be a greeter. Yeah, we played a trick on you that we didn't even know we were playing, and it was wonderful. And everybody, no matter what, out there somehow became a greeter. Why? Because it was of the space, right? It was chaotic, where we had to put chairs, where we sat. It forced everybody to walk through the whole group, everybody saying hi. People you didn't know, you at least saw them, and you knew that you didn't know them. And that was a person to perhaps meet at some point. I mean, there was this sense in which we were all greeting one another, all the time, what does it look like to keep that going in here? What does it look like for you and for me to take the responsibility of being people who welcome and who extend the invitation to those people we do not yet know so that strangers become friends? That is something that happened outside that I would love to keep going. Those of you who are online, it actually took place even if you weren't aware of it. 
One of the beautiful things that I noticed last, in the last year is that everybody would go on and before church would start, uh, they would be chatting everybody. Welcome, so good to see you. Oh, I've been praying for you. Uh, oh, how is this going? How is that going? There was this real sense of, of people anticipating relationship and opportunity to be with each other in a way that I honestly have not experienced here. And I want to continue to experience that. And that takes all of us to see ourselves in that way, is that we are all called to be welcoming, that we are all called to be a greeter. Yes, we have a welcome team, and they are showing us what it looks like to welcome well and to open our arms so that people might find connection and friendship and ultimately experience the kindness and compassionate of God. Another thing that, that happened out there that I heard about secondhand is that because of the space and because of its awkwardness and because of being able to see everybody, you actually were able to attend to certain people's needs in ways that you aren't able to in here. So often kids needed things and I saw people taking responsibility for other people's kids. Thank you. Because um, sometimes we couldn't find my daughter. Uh, so that was helpful. Um, but also, like, there are things when people needed things, I just saw this sense of, of people wanting to help. I, I heard of a story of, of somebody coming in and not having a chair and somebody just being able to see that going and getting a chair and then giving it to that person. There were stories of actually people who weren't a part of our community needing food, simply just, like, wandered onto our campus where they were then engaged and invited to participate in communion. I mean, these are beautiful things that happen. What does it look like to continue being a community who is welcoming in that way, even in this space? How do we take that into here? Because that was wonderful, and that was good, and I think it's something God wants to keep doing within us and among us. Because one thing about this space, while it's beautiful and it's wonderful and it affords us a lot of different things, it's often the case that, the, that the, our imagination is we need to move into a place where something is about to happen. Right? That is, that is, the space shapes us, and that's part of the way this, this place shapes us. We are moving into a place where we are just going to be waiting for something to happen. But what if we were a community of people who, as soon as we got out of our car and we saw other people, we recognized something has already begun, and we're participating in that that has already started, so that when we're getting here, we're not waiting for something to start. We're actually about to participate in something together that has begun way before this. That's a wonderful thing, and it's gonna continue way after this. So I think that there's some work that God wants to continue to do in us that he's already begun to do, and I look forward to the ways that he is going to shape and form us and transform ultimately our imaginations and being with one another. Because if one thing we were shown and revealed this last year all over the world, it's how easy it is to become people who are fractured to become people who are disunited. And I think God is wanting to do the work of continuing to unite us, to make us one as he is one, the great prayer of Jesus in John 17, make them one as you and I are one. That God is wanting to continue to bring us together, that we might be people who belong together and not just simply for the sake of belonging together, but who are committed together to learning from Jesus how to live and love like Jesus, that our life together is formed around practices 
That's a wonderful thing. We have the opportunity to participate in it. And thanks be to God that that is true. So my prayer for us, my prayer for us is that we would be a people who anticipate that God is up to something and wants to do something. That God wants to bring us together and move us to bear witness to his love, his life in the world. That we would trust that this is true because God is faithful and committed to continuing the work that he has begun. My friends, he has begun a good work in you. He has begun a good work in me. He's begun a good work in us. And he will continue that work all the way to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. May we be open to that work. May we be excited for that work. May we gather one another together for that work. I'd like to pray. God, you are the faithful, working, loving God. And sometimes, truthfully, God, it is hard to see what that is. It is hard to know what that is. But may we trust and know that that is true. Thank you for this place. Thank you for this people, this body, these friends that you have called together. And we bear this name, Grace Long Beach, but it's filled with so many faces and names and stories of your faithfulness. Thank you, God, that that is true of who we are. And thank you, God, that you have a work that you've been doing in us, that you have a work that you want to continue through us. God, I pray that we would be, that you would help us be, that you'd help me be. One who is committed to learning from your son, Jesus. I pray that we would be a people who are committed to learning from your son, Jesus, So much so that when people see what is happening, what is going on, they would get a glimpse of what you're like, of what Jesus is like, the life that you make possible in the small things, in the big things. God, I sense that, that, you, that you have something for us because you've had something for us. So help us to see what that is and to live and, and to move so faithfully into it. Help us to be a welcoming people who bear witness to your hospitality, to extend your invitation. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.